Honor, we're honoring Israel by having a, I think God's blessed because we're learning and we're talking about Israel and we're going to, let's turn to Psalm 122.6, that's our kind of a theme verse for us, Psalm 122.6, we're going to pick up where we left off last week, hopefully, I couldn't remember where we left off. It was so hot in here last week, I think I, I had a meltdown and went into another realm and it wasn't... <laughs> I was like, I felt like I was right on the threshold of hell. It was so hot. It wasn't heaven. Anyway, I was, I don't know, I kind of lost track of where I was and what I was doing. Psalm 122.6 says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. And then going on down, peace within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. Um for my brethren and companions' sake, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Um, because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek my good. But pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and uh, they, that they shall prosper that love thee. So we want to pray for Jerusalem, and we want to love Jerusalem, love Israel, and because there's a blessing attached to it that we pray for the peace and if we love jerusalem we love israel will prosper isn't that a good blessing well right here is jerusalem right there right there that is jerusalem and uh this is uh israel and this is the golan heights you hear a lot about the golan heights on the news and of course here's the countries around lebanon syria jordan and Egypt, and this is the Gaza Strip. You always hear a lot about the Gaza Strip. And this is the uh, West Bank. And it's like, okay, why is it the West Bank if it's on the east side of Israel? But here is the Jordan River flowing right down here. And it's the West Bank of the Jordan River. Now, uh, in the 1967 Six-Day War, Israel, in 1948, Israel became a nation. In 1967, uh, all of her enemies around her were uh, provoking her and uh, bringing uh, ammunition and tanks and stuff. You know, they were gathering around her and war was threatening. And uh, the people of Israel were tremendously afraid tremendously afraid and war was threatening all around and uh, they were just they were just so and uh, some rabbi in New York uh, I, I guess it would be the equivalent to prophecy nearly he made a declaration you can read about this online uh, he made a declaration in a gathering of Jews in New York that Israel is going to be fine, God's going to bless, God's going to take care of, God's going to, try, she's going to triumph over her enemies. And so it was like he spoke a prophetic word out. And that's exactly what happened. They had a war, it only lasted six days. They were tremendously outnumbered. Tremendously outnumbered. And tremendous more uh, firepower, you know, ammunition and and whatever they do, war equipment, whatever they call that, uh, than Israel had. They had like uh, Jordan, yeah, Jordan, 
I'm trying to think if it was Jordan or Egypt. Uh, I believe it was Egypt that had the uh, lots more planes, lots more planes than uh, warplanes than Israel had. But Israel in six days defeated every one of these enemies. Every one of them. Every one of those enemies in six days. And they got back the Gaza Strip, the uh, Golan Heights, and the West Bank came back into their control. And uh, uh, they, up until this time, Jordan controlled the West Bank and they had half of Jerusalem. So when they won this, Jerusalem was now all of Israel's and the Western Wall, which where you see them go to pray, it opened up and for the first time they could go back to the Western Wall and pray. And that first year, one and a half million visitors came just to go to the Western, just to go to the Western Wall. And the... Uh, <coughs> So now, how, now, this is, Palestine, the Palestinians mostly live here. There are some Jews. And the Palestinians live here mostly. There's still Jews, some Jews, but uh, some Israelis. But Palestinians uh, live in there. And, of course, they're fighting and they, you know. And they, our, our president and others besides him, lots of, Lots of American politicians want to go back to the pre-1967 borders, which would give this and this and this back. But it's not, we studied last week how this land belongs to Israel because God said so. God said it did and so it does. And so I don't know if that, this is interesting. See, this is uh, this looks to me like a a woman a a profile of a woman, and right there at the neck is Jerusalem, and that's the fighting boy right at the neck. That's where they 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 fight over Jerusalem because this is the Dome of the Rock, the Temple Mount for the Jews, the Temple Mount for the Dome of the Rock for the uh, uh, for the um, Muslims, and uh, then also uh, Jesus, the Christian. It's a major Christian site also. Bethlehem's right below that. Nazareth is up there, some of the places that we know best. This is the hallelujah. So I don't know if that would help in sometimes understanding, because you hear a lot about the Gaza Strip. You hear a lot about the, uh, and, and from these places right here, Right here, oh, Syria, Russia has now come down into Syria. And that, you know, Russia is not, it's not ever good. Russia is not ever good. Putin is not ever good. And so, uh, comes down into Syria. They're down in Syria now with war equipment and all that. And uh, Hamas and Hezbollah and them, they fire rockets all the time over here into Israel. And the, there's everywhere you have these Palestinians, some of them have work permits to go into Jerusalem to work. 
Uh, but they take advantage of that by coming in with uh, bombs on their bodies and stuff, and they kill themselves in order to blow up people and to hurt people in uh, the Jews because their God, Allah, and the Koran says to, uh, to, to destroy the infidel. And uh, anybody that does not believe in Allah uh, and Muhammad is considered an infidel. And so, you know, you hear a lot in our government about, well, not all Muslims are, are certainly not all Muslims are terrorists, but all Muslims, if they're really Muslims, and you hardly ever hear about a, 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 a like you have, you have uh, Jews that are not faithful. They don't, what would you, what did they, practicing. yeah, practicing, but they call it another word. Secular Jews. Lots of secular Jews. Lots of secular Christians. But you never hardly ever hear about a secular Muslim. And, you know, they want us to believe that there's Muslims that are okay. And I'm not trying to spread hate or anything like that in here. But we have to be honest. They go and they read their Koran and they go to their mosque. And that Koran says to destroy all infidels. That's what it says to do. That all infidels have to die. And so, you know, tell me, is that good or can you, you know, but, you know, we're in a politically correct nation where everything, and I know that, you know, we're trying not to start any wars. We're not trying to, but you can be so politically correct that people don't know the truth. And that's the truth. That's the truth about Israel that God said so. And we don't need any other reasons. And God is on their side. And we better be on their side too. Because we're on the wrong side when we're not on the side of Israel. Because God is on their side. Hallelujah. So, praise God. Lots going on in the world. It's always moving and shaking over there. Hallelujah. I read something today in on. Uh, if you do not get, if you want to know more about Israel and you want to keep up with what's happening there, you can get an email about twice a week from Jerusalem Network News, and they will tell you everything that's happened and everything that some senator, even in the United States, said and how it affects Israel. And usually they'll have about five or six topics every time they send you an email, and you know about uh, anti-Semitic things that are happening in the earth, everything that's happening in Israel. And one of the things that was in there this week was that uh, they are now having classes to train Levitical priests for when they, you know, they're, plant, they're coming back to the temple. All, the, all of the equipment, when they get to build that temple again, they're, they're going to start having it just like it was or this is what they plan, to have it just like it was before, you know, and have the sacrifices and all the kind of things that they used to do in the inner court and outer court and holy of holies and all that. Well, now they have just begun classes for Levites. If you're in the tribe of Levi, you can come to these classes and learn to be a priest, uh, not a priest, a rabbi uh, or a, uh, yeah, the 
what is it? I guess it would be a priest. That's what they call it. Yeah. So uh, they already have rabbis. So uh, that's hard. That began in Israel. So all of everything, like Joe Morris has said, leading up to uh, the second coming of Christ and the second, and it's the first coming for them. The first coming of their Messiah and the second coming of Christ, one of the same event. It, and when, when we say the second coming, we're not talking about the rapture. The rapture happens before the second coming. The second coming of Jesus is at the end of the tribulation. The rapture is, at, is before the tribulation. And uh, the Jews are, uh, for the most part, they are lost. But Paul gives us great hope in those areas. Now I put up in the corner four things we're studying is the permanence of Israel. We covered that last week. Had God rejected Israel? And had he reject them? And we found out he has not rejected them. Not that they've ever always done what he wanted them to do, and they're not doing it now. Uh, lots of secular Jews that don't even believe anymore, don't practice at all. And uh, hallelujah. Israel's position, number two, has God replaced them. And that was about when I started getting too hot last week. So I am not sure what... Does anybody write down their last scripture? Can you tell me? And I'll try not to... That may be under promise. The promise to the Jews. Promise... No, that wasn't under promise. Genesis 13. I don't even have that in my notes, Pam. That must have been Sunday's message. <laughs> Romans 9. Okay. I, I hate to tell y'all, y'all aren't helping me. <laughs> yeah, I see Romans 9. Now I see Genesis 13, and that was the last scriptures I gave you. Well, if so, let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 13. Did anybody have that wrote down? All, and I, we've already covered that. Okay, 2 Samuel chapter, hallelujah, thank you all for the help. 7.13, you did help, I just had to look back a page. 2 Samuel chapter 13 says, and this is talking, we're still under uh, number two, per position. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. This is uh, God talking to David about Samuel, the, his, uh, excuse me, about Solomon. It's uh, 2 Samuel, I thought it was 2 Samuel, help me Lord, 7.13. Hallelujah, I'm sorry. Second Samuel 7, 30. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So, hallelujah, the throne of the kingdom. This is David. This is his kingdom, his son Solomon. And how long is it going to be? It's going to be forever. And we know now that Jesus is that king that came down through the lineage of David, and, and he's the king. Hallelujah. And so that is forever. Jeremiah 31. Let's go there. It's permanent. They have a permanent. And they have not lost their position. That, they have not lost their position. We talked last week about replacement theology. And how that that is wrong. That the church did not replace Israel. Israel still has their position in God. Jeremiah 31 Verse 31, I said 13, but I, it's 31, 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. 
not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of this land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people." Hallelujah. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least to them of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. So God's talking about the new covenant there. The new covenant was promised to the Jews and has now been expanded to include the Gentiles. And we talked about when that happened last week when uh, uh, Peter saw the vision and God sent him then to Cornelius' house and then when God called Paul to go to the Gentiles. So this new covenant remains as a promise to Israel and it is not, it's been fulfilled in part, the new covenant, because we've come in. The Gentiles have come in, but it will not be completely fulfilled until the Jews come in and they receive their Messiah and their hearts are turned to God. And they, uh, and this is designed, the tribulation is designed for the time for that to happen. That will be a time of the Jews. You've heard Joe Morse say that God has had a, he, he mashed the stopwatch and stopped the clock on for Israel, and they've been on hold, so to speak. Um, and we'll talk about that maybe a little more later. They've been on hold, Israel has, uh, and, and they, now it's, and we're in the church age. But when the church is raptured out, God's going to mash the clock, the button again, and that time's going to start going for the, and the tribulation, although there will be Gentiles get saved, is going to be mostly about the uh, Jews getting saved and, and receiving the Lord as their Savior. Replacement theology argues that because they rejected Jesus, then God rejects them and replaced them with the church. Let's go to Romans 3 and look in the New Testament and see what it says. Romans is a great book. I love Romans. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. But you have to read it from the perspective that bunches of it was written to the Jew, to the Jewish Christian especially. And if you read it as a Gentile and try to apply it to the church, you're going to get really messed up and you're going to bring yourself under the law. Because, for instance, he talks, he talks a lot about the law. He talks about the law of, you're familiar with this one, and this is in, um, in Romans, where he says that if a man, if a woman, if a man divorces his wife, he just leaves her and he divorces her. If she marries another man, then she commits adultery. Well, he's, that, he's talking about the Mosaic law. He's not, and he's not, I'm not, he's not talking about the Ten Commandments. You have to know there's a difference between the Mosaic law and the Ten Commandments. And you have to rightly divide the word of truth. And what you have to understand is we're not under the law. We are not under the law. So a man divorces his wife and leaves her and she marries another man. She does not commit adultery. That is, that is Mosaic law. We're redeemed from that. and We're redeemed from that curse and that law. And uh, hallelujah. We are not 
the, hallelujah, we don't have, and so if you, uh, there are so many people mixed up on that, that it, and we ought to just teach on the book of Romans, hallelujah. Romans 3, chapter 1 through 4, but we're going back to position. What advantage then hath the Jews, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much in every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God, for what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mayest be justified in thy sayings and mayest overcome when thou art judged. So we have here, Paul emphatically denies God's all. He, all he, he reinforces God is faithful. It doesn't matter if they didn't believe. God's still faithful. Doesn't matter if they didn't have faith and that they are still important. That they, if what advantage does it, is it to be a Jew? Well, there's several and he lists them another place. But the one thing is he committed to the Jews, the oracles of God. We have them to thank for that. Chapter 11 of Romans Verse 1, I say then, hath God cast away his people? Talking about Israel. God forbid. This couldn't be clearer, could it? For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Watch ye not what the scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Um, even so, then at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. So there's, there were many, there was that remnant of Jews that were saved by grace through faith. And uh, God hath not cast away his people. Paul said, God forbid. Hallelujah. No, he has not cast away Israel. It's very clear. So Romans eleven eighteen, you're in the right chapter. Drop down, boast not against the branches, talking about Israel. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. So we're not to boast against Israel. We're not, God's not finished with the, uh, is, is the Israeli people, the Jewish people. He's not finished with them. We're not to boast against them. We're not better than them. Uh, there's a lot of people that have boasted and uh, boasted against them. Verse 23, And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. He cut the branches off because they did not believe, because they rebelled against him, but he, will, he can graft uh, them in again. Hallelujah. Verse 25, For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. This is a very interesting scripture. Hard to understand. Don't know if we'll ever have clarity on that until we go up in the rapture of what actually Paul is saying. But what he seems to be saying, 
And this causes lots of arguments in the body of Christ. But he seems to be saying that if you just take it literally, and that's what I tend to do, that somehow all Israel is going to be saved. Now, how can that be? Uh, I don't know. I just do know this, that God doesn't necessarily treat Israel like he treats uh, the, the church, the Gentile church. I do know that. And I do know that um, God gets to do it the way he wants to. We might say, well, that's not fair. But God does get to do it the way he wants to. Now, heaven's full of, uh, you know, uh, they, many of them rebelled against God. They were sent into captivity. But when Jesus went into the bowels of the earth, he led captivity captive. Boy, he brought all those Jewish brethren uh, to heaven because they knew him then. And they received him. Uh, also, they're a little bit hard to understand. He says it's a mystery. So we may not be fully able to understand that at this point because it's a mystery. Lest ye should be wise in your own conceits. Uh, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles is come. It seems to be saying that God allowed or put them. He's kind of stopped the watch, I guess we could say, uh, so to speak. Until the, we, until the Gentiles could be saved. So God has not rejected them. God has not replaced them. Uh, one author says the Jews are, are currently in this where he's put them on hold, that they are currently under discipline. And that seems like it could be partially true. We know they're still greatly persecuted and... Uh, that they're on hold they're in a they're in a holding pattern uh but he has not rejected them uh romans 11 8 going back to that according as written god had given them the spirit of slumber they are asleep their their eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not hear unto this day now we don't understand this because we're like oh god you won't but why i don't know I don't know why they're in this slumbering state. I don't know. But we're going to take the Bible literally. We're going to take it completely, literally. Number three, let's look at the promise to the Jews. God promised the Jews, this is not a very long one, but it, God promised the Jews that one day Israel would be the prime nation in the world and that all the blessings of God will fl would flow through the Jewish people. And that's in Isaiah 2 chapter 2 all the blessings of God would flow through the Jewish people hallelujah there's some marvelous uh, there's there's there, there's two the church looks at Israel two ways there's a group that I could name some names and they don't even try to win Israel they don't try to win them to the Lord because of all Israel shall be saved. They just try to uh, love, support, help, go into Israel, doing everything they can to help. I'm not, I'm not talking about they're just sitting home on their duff. They are actively involved in helping Israel, sending money to Israel. Their churches support Israel, but they do not witness in the sense of giving them the plan of salvation. That's one group of Christians that you would know, spirit-filled 
Christians that I could call their names and you would know. Then and there's there there was a fight in the body of Christ about ten years ago about this. Then there's another side, Sid Roth being on this side, that no, you preach the you preach the salvation message to the Jews, you get as many as you can save now. I agree with him. I think we preach to the Jews. We get as many as saved now as possible because this other is a mystery. We don't fully understand it. Uh, and then let God do what he wants to with the ones that didn't get saved and the ones we uh, didn't reach. But we should be reaching the Jews now. And so Sid Roth makes that a practice. Sid Roth goes to Israel. He has to go undercover. He can't even announce his meetings and, or show it on the Internet or so that he can't put it out there but for danger for his life because there are Jews that would kill him because they don't want that message preached to their people there's a segment of them that don't want that so he goes in there he goes he went to uh, Brooklyn New York he went to Boca Raton Florida those are all big Jewish areas and he advertises the meeting as uh, come come see the supernatural or come experience the supernatural and the first thing he leads off with is healings he he has he operates in word of knowledge he calls out word of knowledge has people stand they get healed right there and then a bunch of them at the end of the meeting he presents the salvation message and a bunch of them will receive that jesus as their messiah right then so there's a lot of jews getting saved God's, and then there's the there we hear about the the Jewish priests rabbis excuse me Jewish rabbis that um, Jesus has been appearing to some of them just walking in them as and he's been appearing to Muslims too and just walking in in their rooms and hallelujah and there's Muslims receiving Jesus all over and there are but there are Jewish rabbis and they say that they are not advertising it yet but they're born again they're filled with the spirit they're not telling anybody till the right time I don't know the reason for that but I trust them to have be led by the spirit don't you so Isaiah 2 chapter 2 Isaiah chapter 2 verse 2 and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow into it. And many people shall go and say, come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob and he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not rise up, lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. So there's coming a time. This is during the millennium, I believe, and uh, where Jerusalem is going to be the place to be. And Israel is the prime nation of the world. And also, if you read Isaiah chapter 60, 61, 62, and 63, talks about that. Isaiah 60, we use it in the church a lot, but it's really to Israel. It's okay for us to use those scriptures as long as we understand these are written to Israel. But, you know, arise, shine, for the light has come, and 
glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. That's talking about Israel. Hallelujah. Then we talk about Israel's purpose and the purpose of the Jewish people. What was God's purpose in calling Israel as his chosen people? And is it still valid? He chose them to serve as a channel of his blessing. And, um, you know, sometimes we see the some of the secularism of Jews, and it's 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 hard to see that blessing but we'll talk about that a minute he chose them to serve as a witness of him there to be a channel of blessing and they have been god revealed himself through the jewish people we see that throughout the old testament that's the nation that's the people that god revealed himself through god gave his word through them we know that hallelujah the word of god is there a gentile Author in the book, in the whole book of the in the whole Bible, does anybody? Is, I don't think so, but hallelujah. Paul wrote to Timothy, but and Timothy was what half Jew, but God provided the Messiah through the Jewish people. Uh, the Jewish people have added to the enrichment of the world. And we talked about this some last week. I'm going to read you something else in a minute. Education, science, and the arts is amazing. The contributions Jews have made. There are 13 millions of Jews, 13 million Jews in the world, two tenths of one percent of the world's population. And through 2016, uh, from 1905 to 2016, they've won 196 Nobel prizes. Winston Churchill said, some people like the Jews and some do not, but no thoughtful man can deny the fact that they are beyond any question the most formidable and the most remarkable race which has appeared in the world. Jews are witnesses of God. So let me just give you some things about Jews that will amaze you. 20, uh, they, those 196 Nobel Prizes, that's 22% more than any other ethnicity group. Hallelujah. So in other words, more than the British or the Americans, so forth. Uh, some famous Jews, two of these aren't that great, but um, Einstein, we know that was good. Karl Marx, we're going to take a pass on that one. He's the father of communism. Sigmund Freud, uh, I'm going to pass on that one. Y'all do what you want to. Salk, uh, polio, Jonas Salk. I don't know all the first names. I didn't write them down. Waxman in, invented antibiotics. Funk, vitamins. Baruch, the first appendectomy. Ehrlich, the cure for syphilis. Uh, Jacoby, father of pediatrics. Sabin, the oral polio vaccine. Haim Solomon, we talked about him last week. He's the one that financed the Revolutionary War for uh, George Washington. But also him and Isaac Moses created the modern banking system. The first department stores, Altman's, Gimbel's, Kaufman's, Lazarus's, Magnon, Mays, Abraham and Strauss. Rosenward, don't know his first name, created the Sears Roebuck mail order system. Hart, Schaffner and Marks, you've heard of them. Men's clothing, the very some of the very nicest men's clothing. And... Uh, suits and ties that you can have uh strauss we know about him macy's every i read somewhere that every department store major department store in america except dillard's is owned by jews bloomingdale Saks, macy's uh, nordstrom's all of them 
Jewish fine, the Jewish financiers Goldsmith and Rothschild, you've heard of Rothschild, Solomon Montefiore helped England become an empire, Armand Hammer, which we get the name Armand Hammer from him, he was a doctor and businessman, and he first initiated trade between the U.S. and Russia. Santanel provided the funds for Columbus's voyage to America. I didn't know that. I thought King, Queen Isabella of Spain did that, but Santanel. Levi Strauss, the durable denim pants. And I didn't know this, but that is a worldwide trademark, and it is known as it is very uh, American and stands for the American West and the pioneership. That's how other nations look at it. The pioneers, we're pioneers and we're all Western, we're all cowboys over here, they think. Hallelujah. Goldwyn Mayer, first full length sound motion picture. The European Jews were the founding fathers of Hollywood studios. Zucor was the first movie theater. Irving Berlin and George and Ira Gershwin, Composers, you know Irving Berlin, I know you've heard of him. Houdini, the father of magic, we can pass on him too, as far as I'm concerned. Zigfield, American Burlesque and the Zigfield Follies. Steven Spielberg, y'all know any movies that Steven Spielberg has made? A bunch of them, and uh, some of them not so good, a bunch of them really good. Uh, Billy Joel, Neil Diamond, Paul Simon, Leonard Cohen. Y'all know any of those folks? Hallelujah. Some man with the last name Judah, the American Transcontinental Railroad. Goldberg, the first commercial parking lot. Blostein, the first gas station, which later became Amoco Oil. Four Jews signed the call to action that formed the NAACP. Berliner, the phonograph, which was first called Gramophone. Mayer had the idea for the Oscars. Mark Chagall was one of the greatest painters of the 20th century. That depends on what you think, but that's what history is saying about him. I looked at him, and it was pretty, pretty, pretty strong. I wouldn't hang one in my house, but hallelujah. But I guess you could always sell it for a million or two dollars. Jewish poet Emma Lazarus wrote a poem that had in it this line, you'll recognize it. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses. Where's that? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Diego Rivera, another 20th century author. 53% of Pulitzer Prizes for nonfiction. 14% for fiction. Jews are responsible for the invention of insulin, aspirin, Chloral hydrate, which they used to stop convulsions, streptomycin, the test for syphilis, first identified cancer, and the cure for pellagra. I looked that up, and I still can't remember what it is. But anyway, Israel is it still at the forefront of stem cell research, and I know you've probably heard this, but now they're considered the new Silicon Valley. They've got so much high-tech stuff going on. Galileo, the speed of light. Lippmann. Color photography, Mayer, the structure of atomic nuclei, another Mayer with an A, the law of thermodynamics, and Singer invented the sewing machine. Some actors that you will recognize, Natalie Portman, Adam Sandler, Harrison Ford, Woody Allen, Ben Stiller, Scarlett Johansson, Justin Hoffman, Gwyneth Paltrow, Goldie Hawn, 
Leonard Nimoy, William Shatner, Joaquin Phoenix, James Kahn, Richard Dreyfus, Winona Ryder, Tony Curtis, Jamie Lee Curtis, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kate Hudson, and Matthew Broderick. Hallelujah. I didn't know all that. You know, they don't advertise it. Let's just say it. And if you look up actors, been bunches and bunches of them, bunch of them changed their name because they had a name like, uh, well, you know. Yeah, Ralph Lauren. Hallelujah. I didn't even get him. Some famous journalists. Wolf Blitzer. You ever heard of Wolf Blitzer? Katie Couric. Art Buttwald. He was a, he was a cartoonist, wasn't he? I don't know. Columnist. Okay. Morton Dean. Bernie Goldberg. Geraldo. Pastor's favorite. Geraldo. <laughs> we changed the channel when Geraldo comes up. Hallelujah. Mike Wallace. He died a uh, couple of years ago. Barbara Walters. Bill Mayer. Howard Stern. Some of those we don't like as good as other. Two Supreme Court justices currently. Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Alina Kavkin. And nobody could be more liberal. Right now there's 10... Uh, senators that are Jewish and they are everyone Democrat they're everyone liberal to the max Diane Feinstein from California Barbara Boxer uh, can't name them all but Bernie Sanders being probably the well most well-known Gloria Allred you've heard of her Ed Koch um, they the, the, the Israeli Jewish people are responsible for the first cataract surgery the first separation of conjoined twins the contraceptive pill, the diphtheria test, Valium, the discovery of RH factor, and cholesterol. Are y'all convinced? <laughs> I looked at, after I looked at all that, I thought, I've come to the conclusion we'd pretty much all be dead if it wasn't for the Jews. And Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he was a Jew too. And he was a Jew too. Hallelujah. Woo, that was a lot. And that was just touching the... That's just touching the, uh, yeah, that was just the ones that we mostly would know or recognize. Well, I didn't go to the ones that were in the 1800s and the, you know, or all of those. So, so they have been a channel of blessing. That's one of their purposes, to, to enrich the world. Hallelujah. Isaiah 43.10. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he before me. There was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. He's a witness. He, they are witnesses to the world that there's a God. Hallelujah. Witnesses of the existence of God, witnesses of the truth of the Bible, and what it means to have a relationship with God. They are witnesses of his grace. Hallelujah. Praise God. See if I want to do anything else. Kind of seems like we're at a stopping spot. I don't even know if we will come back to this stuff. But let me just go, let me end with this one last thing. So, you know, we're told in Psalm 122.6 to pray for the Jewish people. So what can we pray? Six things. Uh, we can pray for salvation. Uh, and part of that is not just praying for them to be saved, but that God would deepen our desire for the Jewish people to be saved. I'll read to you. You don't have to turn. But Romans 10. That God would deepen our desire 
for the Jewish people to be saved. That's one thing under salvation. And then pray for salvation for them, just like you would pray it uh, for any other people. Brethren, Paul said this, My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. My heart's desire, so that God would give us a greater desire. Number two, pray for the Messianic movement, and that's Jewish believers. We, there's a messianic movement there's Jewish believers there's a there's I know there's one or two maybe more churches in Birmingham that are messianic churches hallelujah so we need to bless them pray for Aliyah and that is the return of Jewish people to Israel I did look up how that was said hallelujah but it just means the Jewish people going back to Israel Aliyah we know there's many many of them going back now in fact they come in every day we can pray for israel under there because uh it, you know they need housing they need jobs they need some of them need uh supplies and just life things food until they can get their feet on the ground there's ministries that are providing that and trying to help them and uh, uh some of them are very uh old the Jewish people, some very old Jewish people that we know that they are suffering. Be careful who you give through. Check that out. They just exposed World Vision. You ever heard of World Vision? They just exposed them recently this week. Lots of uh, charities out there that don't do the right thing, so make sure you check out where you give. And in that day, Isaiah 11:10 under this and in that day there shall be a root of Jesse which shall stand for an ensign of the people to it shall the Gentiles seek and his rest shall be glorious and it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam and from Shinar and from Hamath and from the islands of the sea and he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. And that is happening right now. They are always finding new groups of Jews that have been hidden in China and Ethiopia and places like that. And they, they get them in and they bring them the safest place for there's much anti-Semitism rising up in the earth right now, again. Um, and uh, the safest place for them is Israel. That's the safest place they could be. But just like in, you know, in the, the early, right after World War I, uh, they signed that uh, Balfour, whatever, I don't know what it was called, uh, agreement anyway and it made it where Jews could go back to the land of Israel it wasn't a nation yet but to the land there and uh, but they did not go many of them most of them did not go as they had opportunity because they were rich wealthy Jews in Europe they had businesses they did they were enjoying life they were enjoying the wealth and they did not go back God opened the door for them to go back. How many millions might not have been killed by Hitler had they taken that unction and that opportunity to go back to Israel? Some of them, 
too late decided they wanted to go back and it was too late they could not you know it, it came to a plot a, t- a point right during the that time where israel was limiting how many could come in and the united states was too and uh you know there's a very sad time but um uh, had they taken the opportunity at the correct time i've read many stories about people that had opportunity and didn't take it and then later were in auschwitz or wherever number four pray for against anti-semitism pray against that it's trying to raise its ugly head in america pastor heard someone say recently that racism is just uh another form of anti-semitism it comes out of the same root yeah all of it would be out of the same root the devil the lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed a refuge in times of trouble that's psalm 9 9 and then psalm 103 verse 6 we need to obey god in praying this Hallelujah. You may not even know a Jew. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. Number five, pray for the church. As the church, we're supposed to be provoking Israel to jealousy. You know that scripture. That's Romans 11, 11. And we are to be honoring uh, the Hebrew people because of our roots that come out of it. We wouldn't have the Word of God. We wouldn't have a Messiah. We wouldn't have uh, the oracles of God. We wouldn't have these things, the prophets. We owe that all to Israel, don't we, and to the Jewish people. So we honor that. Pastors talked on honor Sunday morning. And then number six, pray for our nation. Genesis 12, 3. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Hallelujah. We want to be a nation that blesses. And, you know, I remind you what Jesus said. That he's going to, there's going to come that day when he separates them into sheep and goat nations. And it's going to be according to how they treated Israel. Whether you are, whether each nation gets to be a sheep or a goat nation. So I did. I forgot about that scripture. I would have wrote it down. But I just thought of it just then. Hallelujah. Let's pray for Israel. Let's obey God tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Pastor, won't you come pray for